I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And welcome back into the Blue Horseshoe Pod. Ryan Hickey, George Brummer here with you live after the, the Colts do lose to the Cowboys by a score of 54 to 19 outscored 33 nothing in the second uh in the fourth quarter excuse me just the fourth quarter alone which is something i've never seen before the colts finished the game four straight turnovers and then a kneel down all in the fourth quarter so george the main man for these out of the five turnovers the colts had four responsible for matt ryan three interceptions another fumble as well that outside of a will fries lucky to kind of graze upon the defender would have been a scoop and score um and Matt Ryan was throwing ducks all game long. Is it time in your mind with four games left as we enter the bye to bench Matt Ryan and go a different direction, whether it's Nick Foles or Sam Ellinger, make another a second benching of Matt Ryan has to come for the Colts here? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think the bye week gives you a real chance to to do it. Um, I think now you've got that opportunity to, you know, kind of reset whatever you want to do, right? I think that's the one thing about the bye. It stinks when it comes this late in the year. Because there's not a lot of time to change anything, you know, for whatever changes you make to settle in. And obviously, when you're out of it, the way the Colts are, um, you're probably not thinking about the kind of changes that could send you to the playoffs, obviously. Um, and I think that's the interesting thing here, because I don't know. I think Matt Ryan, by far, had his worst game um, on, on Sunday night. Um, you know, th- he was missing some throws even early in the game, missing some open receivers that, that could have helped them. Uh, maybe even have a halftime lead, you know, if you're able to com- complete some of those passes. Uh, that first interception right before the half is big because it you're down by one and, and you're trying to, to move down, maybe get a field goal, take the lead in the locker room. At the very least, you're coming out uh, down just one point, start second half, and, you know, ball goes off Alec Pierce's hands, but it's thrown high. Malik Hooker, who absolutely destroyed his former team today, comes down with the interception, and the Cowboys end up going down and scoring and taking an eight-point lead into the half, which I think was a big – that, along with the the near interception by Isaiah Rodgers, I think are maybe two of the biggest moments in this game. Some of the fourth-quarter turnovers I'm not that concerned about because the game was getting out of hand, and you're just you're going to take chances then. It's not that big of a deal to me at that point, uh, but I, I'm more concerned with, with the fact that he really didn't have – I think at one point he was like one for ten. And some of it – I mean, there yeah. were some drops in there, and there were some other things that weren't going well, but he just wasn't playing well. My other feeling, though, is – We've seen Sam Ellinger. I don't really know that there's a need to get him out there and see what he is. I feel like you saw enough of that in the two weeks that he was there. And you can throw Nick Foles out there. I don't, I guess I'm back to the point where I was earlier in the year where I just don't think it's going to make a difference. Um, I think it's much more justified now at four, eight, and one than it was at three, three, and one. Uh, so I think if it happened this time, I, I could see it a lot better. I just don't know. I don't think the quarterback of the future is on this roster, I guess, is, is what I'm trying to say in a long way. Uh, and that's where I would be really gung-ho about, hey, get you know, get the youngster in there and get him some reps. I, I, don't, think, I don't think the next starting quarterback for the Colts is here right now. I totally agree. I absolutely agree with that. With that said, I would bench him for two reasons. Number one, his arm just looks shot. Like, I really – 
I thought a lot of his issues last year in Atlanta was just the fact that the poor cast around him. Now, to Matt Ryan's, I guess, defense in a slight way, the cast he had in Atlanta last year and the the, the way the Colts have played this year is not much different. But you watching that game, especially Sunday night, like he had three picks. He probably should have had six or seven. Like he was just he was putting the ball in harm's way as much as he possibly could. His arm had no velocity. Like, I'll say this, George. Me, uh, my family, we had a football, we had our family football game earlier on Sunday. My uncle was probably at least 48, has to be. So at least probably 10 years older than Matt Ryan. He was throwing the ball more zip, more accuracy, better placement, you know, in, in the backyard here on Sunday than he was with Matt Ryan later uh, later on Sunday night. So maybe, you know, if my uncle wants to play, I mean, man, I don't want to play behind his offensive line, but he may, you know, he'll give you a little extra zip. There you go, George, for what we've seen from Matt Ryan, especially on um, on Sunday night. But on a more serious note, it's also too like, now you got to start thinking about next year. Right, and Matt Ryan has injury guarantees where if he gets hurt and he can't pass physical, uh, physical, I believe it's March 3rd or whenever the new year starts, then the, all of his money is guaranteed. And I, the tough part here is I think I would still bring Matt Ryan back next year, uh, especially if you draft a quarterback high because I think he's a good mentor. And I think that's someone where even if the, the Matt Ryan doesn't play and if he's willing to kind of serving that role. I think he'd be very beneficial to whatever quarterback the Colts do end up drafting. If they do end up drafting a quarterback in the first round, with that said, if your plan is just word one and done, he's out of here. Like it was with Carson Wentz. You can't risk the last four games here when he is, he, when he, you know, he's not playing well, the Colts season's over. You cannot risk him getting crushed behind this offensive line and all of a sudden being stuck with his, with his money next year. Um, and kind of having that hamper, how you build the team. So I think just, you're right. Like we've seen Tim Unger, he stinks. We, Nick Foles, at this point, like it doesn't really matter because all three quarterbacks are not good and the Colts are going to lose bare minimum through the next four. So honestly, at this point, I'm not really sure if it matters. But with that said, the reason why I, I just think it's this point, you got to give yourself as much flexibility for next year when it comes to cap-wise as possible. And again, if Matt Ryan gets hurt and it's a bad injury, I just don't want that hanging over your head going in the offseason when it could have been easily prevented with four games left when you're 4-1. Just sit him down. Give him a break. Give his body a break, which I'm sure he would appreciate at this point, and just either play L- Sam Ellinger or Nick Foles. I really don't think it matters because both are not very good. No, none of the three are very good. And I think that's, you know, I think that kind of bleeds into to sort of one of the other topics that we want to talk about, which is, you know, what what are you playing for now? I mean, we, we've talked before about playing out the string and, and how's this team going to respond and what are the stakes, you know, and that fourth quarter – uh, obviously it looked like the defense kind of just didn't have anything left. And, and again, that's understandable, but you know, how do you avoid that? How do you come back from this now? Because the next three games are against playoff contenders. You're going to face Minnesota, uh, the chargers and the giants. And two of those games are on the road. All three of those teams need those wins for various reasons. Minnesota's still in the race to try to get that, that number one seed in the NFC. Uh, so they, they can't take another loss, especially with the Eagles playing the way they are right now. Uh, you go and look at, the Giants are are in a you know a pretty tight race to see if they can get a wild card spot. Uh, they need every win they can get to hold on to that. And then the Chargers, I think, are on the outside looking in right now. So yeah, you know they absolutely are going to come in here on on the day after Christmas, needing a victory, uh, probably in the worst way uh, to stay into this playoff hunt for them. So you know, you, do you take the mindset now of spoiler? And and if so. Do you play Matt Ryan for that reason? I mean, is is the goal from here on out these next three weeks? You're not going to make playoffs yourself. You know that, but you can maybe knock somebody else out. You can make somebody else share your misery here 
you can cost somebody else a victory in a postseason trip. If that's the goal, then I think you keep Matt Ryan in there. Uh, but if it's not, and I don't know that it is or should be, um, then I guess Ellinger's the way I would go. I wouldn't go to Foles. I don't see any – I just don't see any upside in that whatsoever. I don't see a lot of upside in Ellinger, but at least then you could say we gave him four games to to kind of see if he could hold off, you know, us going and making a pick. You know, if you're the front office, that's your mindset. Um, it'll be interesting to see. You know, I think the Colts' only role the rest of the way out here can be to to play a spoiler. And it makes you wonder too, like when you especially ask, what are they playing for the last four games here? It's just like this is. I think this is going to be Jeff Saturday's hardest test. Now, again, I don't think he's going to get the job, but when he came in there the first few days, everyone was shocked. Now they, they got the win over the Raiders. Now you lose through in a row. You get embarrassed on national TV. You go into the bye. Like I said, you're facing now three more playoff teams. Like you just got basically the will beat out of you. And it's like you see that. Like this team reminds me. Or at least watch him. You see a lot of like Denver Bronco um, familiarities in Chris Park because the defense is so dominant and the offense is so, you know, it's so inept. Now, you don't have obviously the similar dynamic that, you know, the reports are about Russell Wilson, how much they hate him. But it's like you kind of see that the Broncos defense get frustrated. You saw last week there was, you know, some guys snapping at Russell Wilson on the sideline. We have not seen that this year from the Colts defense. And it's frankly, it's a little surprising. I know they have a very high character guys, but at the same time, it's like, when Matt Ryan's throwing their pick after pick and there's fumbles, it's like, how do you not freak out when you're getting put on back on the field in bad situations? But it's just like, I don't know how you're going to keep a guy and keep this locker motivated, George. Because no, that to like, me is the biggest, yeah, that's the biggest test. You know, and honestly, defense has not played particularly well the last two weeks. They did a good job most of the day on Sunday, but there were a couple drives even in the first three quarters where they let some things out that I'm sure they aren't very happy about. Now that's going to happen when you play a team as good as Dallas, but I know that the defense has been at the level that it wants to be at. I mean, we kind of talked about they're going to be on prime time. They get a chance to show the nation who they are. They didn't take advantage of that. No. I think these were two of their you know worst games, honestly, defensively these last two weeks. Um, and I do think you're, you're going to run into a, a spot with that unit in particular where they're worn down. I, that's human nature. I, I don't know how long you can keep going out there and, and trying to, you know, hold teams to 20 points. It's still losing games. You know, I think that's, it's, it's frustrating to watch as a fan or as, as a media member. I can't imagine how frustrating it is to watch on the defensive side. Um, but again, I'm with you hundred percent. I think, you know, Jeff Saturday was able to come in here and kind of bring some energy that first week and get some guys attention now that we said at the time that has short shelf life, that's definitely expired. Yeah. What do you do now, you know, to motivate these final four weeks? Do you consider shutting anyone down after the bye? Like it'd have to be key veterans that you are going to be like, I got basically like De of DeForest Buckner stature where he's still young. He's still going to be here for a few years, you know, but also at the same time, he's going nowhere in the next, you know, few weeks of this team. Do you start to consider like it's just a shutdown and just like say, all right, put Matt right on the bench, you know, kind of empty it out a little bit? Like, especially with the buy, I think that that could be the time where you kind of start to scheme like, how can we get more young guys in and more inexperienced players in? Because, like, what else, what else are you going to do? I might try to play some more young guys in some key spots if I have some good questions about them, but I think I would hold off on that until week 18 for competitive balance. You know, like we we're talking about, these next three opponents are playing for playoff positioning. And I think 
uh, the league will kind of frown on the Colts a little bit if, if they if they take their foot off the gas too, obviously, uh, with these next three weeks coming up. Not that they're necessarily going to cause a lot of problems anyway, but we've seen them do it. I mean, we've seen them knock off a Kansas City team. We've seen them take Philadelphia to limit. So it's not like it's out of the question that they could, you know, cause some problems for some of these teams in the next three weeks. That's I think I would wait till week 18 uh, simply because I think you owe it to the league and you, and you owe it to yourselves to, to try to do come out know? here and face like, playoff they, contenders at full strength. Do they owe it to like. I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Do you, do you, like, I don't know. I don't know if they owe it to the league, to be honest. Like, again... We're not saying like, like they're not basically taking knees and just throwing the game, or they're not even doing what the Eagles did a few years ago. They they bench with it. Jalen Hurts and they put in like uh, I forget his name. So oh, Nate Sudfeld from Indiana, of course. Yeah, Nate. For the Sudfeld. second half and just just tanking that. But it's just like at this point, like I guess like when like when we talk about what are you playing for, and this is also I think part of the danger, by the way, George, when you make a change this with, with so much time left, when you go to Jeff Saturday yep. and we talked about it when they made the move to Sam Ellinger. When you make a move of this stature and then you go to two guys who are clearly not ready for the job. When you go to Sam Ellinger after uh, after the Titans loss after week seven. When you go to J- uh, Jeff Saturday going into, I think it was what, week nine or whatever it was, or going into week 10 after the Patriots loss with no experience. Like that is so much time for like the, the newness to the shininess to wear off and just their warts to be exposed on a big time level where it's just like that was part of the head-scratching moves of both head coach and quarterback, It's the, if they did it now, it would make sense. Okay, fine, you got a month left. Throw Sam Ellinger out there. It's not that big of a deal. When you put him out there with 10 games to go for a guy who's clearly not ready, clearly not the best option, so much can go wrong. It can get so ugly. And when you go to a head coach who has no experience, again, it worked after the first week, but now it's because you're three games in a row. They just got embarrassed in the fourth quarter national TV, and you still have a full month to go. It's like that's, I think, the first, we are kind of really now, like you didn't really pay for it too much in the beginning. Like now Jim Mersey, now the Colts, now even us, you know, as, as you know, yourself in the media, myself is just, you know, a fan and fans listening to this pod. That's really where the price is being paid. Like this last month is truly where kind of the, the you know, you go to pay the piper, if you will, for making these moves um, early in the year. Absolutely. I agree with that hundred percent. I think this season fell apart to me when they benched Matt Ryan after seven games and then, you know, everything that followed firing uh, Marcus Brady, trading Naeem Hines and firing Frank Reich. Uh, you did that at a time when you weren't in the position you are now. Uh, and had you waited until now, it would be a totally different situation. I'm with you hundred percent on that. I think that's part of why I'm kind of in favor of playing the next three games though. I think two things that, that really, to me, they should play them straight up. One is the most important one in, in my mind, what you were talking about earlier, this is not a total rebuild situation. You're, you're thinking a lot of these guys are going to come back. So if you can find a spot, you know, naturally, maybe you put Nick cross in instead of Rodney McLeod, I wouldn't be against something like that. You know, if you can find right. a spot naturally where you could get a younger guy who might be a bigger part of next year's roster in there 
and let them, you know, have a, have a run. I think that works really well. Uh, but I think it's, you could gain something with this group. If you're able to, you know, put together three good games against playoff opponents, I don't expect that. I haven't seen them put three good games together in a row all year. I don't sure. expect it to suddenly happen coming out of the bye, but I think it's the only thing you can take away. I guess as I'm trying in my mind to, to, to just grasp at straws, what can you do over this last month that can somehow help you in 2023, aside from making your draft pick better, which we'll talk about in a minute. To me, the only other thing is maybe get a little momentum and show these guys, hey, you beat Kansas City. You hung in there with Philadelphia. You had that three-game stretch against you know, playoff quality opponents, even if you lose those games, but you're right there. I don't know. I'm, I, I'm, I'm admittedly grasping at straws right now. That's the only thing I can come up with. I have like, – this is the first time – I got to really rack my brain here, George. This is the first time I just – I feel like I just run out of things to say with this team. Like, because it's the same thing over and over again. Again, they've been out of it so early that now it's just like, where do we go from here? So let me just finish this on, on a lighter note then, George, before we get to kind of some draft talk to finish up the pod. How do you spend the buy? Like, you're four, eight, and one. If you're like, if you're a coach, like, if you're Jeff Sauter, do you really like, I, you enjoying it? Like, maybe, okay, you haven't, you know, just because you're still so new, you can work at it. But if you're Matt right in front of these players, like, I don't know. If I was, if I was them, I'm going somewhere warm. I'm going to a beach for a week. I'm not even thinking or even looking at a football and coming back and just like saying, all right, let's just, you know, keep it going here. But I, I'm I fascinated think to see how they approach it. I think there's definitely something to be said for doing that, for getting away. Coaches can't afford to do that and that's, and they won't. Um, but I think the players, absolutely. Uh, I think that's part of the problem right now. You know, I think you just, you're stuck in a situation where things have been so chaotic uh, and, and the season has been so disappointing that I think getting away for a week and going somewhere warm and, and, you know, getting your mind off of football, probably the best remedy for a lot of these guys right now. Come back refreshed. Because uh, I think Matt Ryan gave you a preview of whether he's playing or Nick Foles is playing or Sam Ellinger's playing or whoever's out there. You know, he talked about it uh, last week or week before. They're putting the resume out there every week. You know, not so much him because he's obviously at the end of his career, got one or two more years left. You know, he it's not so much for him. These young guys... If you want a spot here next year or you want a spot somewhere else next year, other teams are watching. You know, <laughs> these games may not count in terms of your standings and your ability to go to the playoffs. But, you know, if you're a guy like Julian Blackman, for instance, is going to be a free agent here in the, in the very near future, other teams are watching. And you can step up and, and make plays, you know, at a time now when, when all seems lost. I think that's something the young guys, it's important for them, you know, on a personal level, not on a team level. Uh, on their own career level. And I think what you're talking about, to me, that's how you get there. You go and, and you get away from this for a week and you come back and you look at that last month and just say, you know, things did not go the way we, we hope for 13 games. I'm going to put the best four game stretch that I possibly can on film the rest of the way. If you're Jamerson, how do you fire? Uh, how do you spend the break? <laughs> Buying Man. guitars. I'm just looking at a, a video right now of him like leaving the locker room, going to a golf cart. Didn't say a word. You know, you know how Jim is. He is. He can't find enough cameras when they win. That was a man who looked like honestly he was leaving a funeral. George, I, it's gonna be a long week for him. Oh boy. Well, and I think he knows. You know, he 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 got a lot of criticism for this coaching change, and it looked really good in Vegas. But everybody said, let's give it some time. Let's see what's happening. 
And I'm not going to look, this isn't Jeff Saturday's fault. Everybody loves Jeff Saturday. But I think when you go out on a limb as an owner, the way he did, uh, and then you have this kind of performance on a Sunday night in the whole country's watching, it's not going to be a good feeling. Did they ever get fired from this? Like they have like basically no one left to fire. But yeah, yeah I, no I, I don't I know. I'm trying to have some sort of fun here. If you're a Jim Mercer, watch your team get you know, Matt Ryan, like 35 maybe. points I mean, on a, one. Matt Ryan, maybe. On the national you know, he's stage. The one. He's we're a reactionary guy, as we know. Yeah, I guess you're right. This, you're... <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, it is. Oh, my goodness. Holy cow, George. That is for sure. But hey. Oof, I guess we, I will say I am surprised that our, our picks were so far off in terms of well, we didn't think they're going to win. I think what you picked them like 30 to 10 or something like that said, mm-hmm. I think it was 27, 10. So we picked, a, we picked a three score game. <laughs> Still, we're not even close to those by 35. Holy cow. All right. When we were turning on the blue horseship, how to wrap it up some draft talk, because of course the Colts odds got improved in a big way in terms of climbing up. We'll tell you where they are right now after a week 13, that, did despite the loss, and a lot of fans should be rooting for a loss. It was even though it was ugly to suffer through it, it's still in the end a good thing. There was a good day for the Colts overall. I'll tell you why when the Blue Horseshoe Pod does return.